nurse lover. You woke up late in the, mor- in the night, and, and God is, can be felt. Or in the morning, God can be felt. The fifth chapter of Genesis. Praise God. Hard to find a title for this, but I will. I promise you I will. And uh, we're going to go to the book of Genesis, chapter 5. In verse 20, in all the days of Jared were 962 years, and he died. And Enoch lived 60 and 5 years and begat Methuselah. And Enoch walked with God after he begat Methuselah 300 years and begat sons and daughters. And all the days of Enoch were 300 years. Sixty and five years. And he didn't walk with God. He was not for God took him. You may be seated. My title is about missed opportunity. This is the most impressive genealogy since God made Adam. And these are the descendants of Adam. Otherwise known as the sons of God. It is interesting to know that there are 40 generations listed there. 40. You counted. I think there's 40 of them listed there. And that's not by chance. God put them there for a reason. But every one of them, all this said about them was they lived and they died. They lived and they died. And I'm going to provoke you tonight to ask God, do not let that be your life. You lived and you died. And that's all it's about you. You lived and you died. Amen. What this chapter is giving us is the birth certificate and the death certificates of these people. Two interesting certificates. The birth certificates and the death certificates of these people. I don't I don't visit the cemetery like they're gonna to do tonight in some places. They're crazy people out there. But there are people visiting tombstones. But what's so interesting in, in cemetery capstone is they said so and so born whatever and a little, little dash between and died. And that's all they said about them. A little dash. You don't know what dash means. It doesn't explain. Doesn't explain what they did. It said they were born and they died. They were born and they died. And what a colorless life to live. What a boring life to live. To live, you were born and you consumed and you died. The world didn't know you came and the world didn't know you leave. And the world was not one inch better off with your coming. And when you left, you have no legacy. Otherwise, it's a, who? Who? Oh, they died. That's all they said. They died. We said, what difference do they make in the world? And you see what I'm trying to talk to you about is missed opportunity. Because these people in this chapter... 
obviously was not an impressive presence in their day. Otherwise, the Bible would have mentioned it. It repeats itself twice, not out of redundancy, but out of emphasis that an Enoch walked with God. He walked with God. Now, that's a lot to be said. You don't just walk with the Queen. You don't just walk with the President of the United States. You got to have some features about you, and I can two walk together, except they agree. There must be some agreement between him and God. And Jude further talk about that walk and tell us what he did. That he was a prophesier. So he walked with God, and whatever he was doing, it impressed God to walk with him. And then said again he had kids, and then. He left because God took him. He didn't go back home. Yeah. While he's walking, God took him. He said, you're not going home today. You're going with me. I suppose God said, this one, I can't let this one go. This is the best of the crop. Get, get this one here. And God took him. Amen. Because of the life that he lived, he somehow invested his time in God. And I wouldn't know it if God didn't write it down. And God saved us for every generation of men that lived and read his word to know this. God wanted everybody to know what Enoch did. That he walked. I don't even think Enoch even know that we're reading this about him. I doubt it. I doubt God ever told Enoch, I'm going to write about you, boy. But it says he walked with God. And he was not found because God took him. This is God bearing him. God took him. He's the only man in the Bible that bypassed death before Elijah did. God just took him on the scenery. Whatever he was doing impressed God. And the Bible says he had Methuselah and then Lamech and all these different ones. But none of them measure up to what he lived and what he did. God took him. Read again. God took him. He walked with God. And he must have been the most impressive person in that chapter because he's the only one that God said did anything for God. The crowd around the doings of God is never going to be great. It's never going to be great. This man stood out. They all died. God says, People that walk with me are not going to die. People that walk with me are people that impress God. And left an impression. Now, I know there are volumes not stated right there. And the Bible is very good at being concise and being condensed in saying things and not expanding on it. But we, we by perceptivity, can tell that there's a whole lot in there that is not saying. God could have said but we got the compendium or the, 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 the conclusion of what God has said about this man and what a, what a badge of honor and a legacy to leave behind and I want to talk to you tonight about the even Abel Abel died his brother killed him 
And the Bible said Abel's blood, even though he's dead, yet speaketh. The word speaketh is not same as speak. Speaks at one time. But speaketh means continually. It's talking. It's talking. And this was not going to be my study tonight. I want to study about the Antichrist. I studied all week for that. I said, Lord, not right now. Put on a burn. I'm going to talk about it. And I will. I have to because I've got to do it. But, but go and talk to you about this tonight. It says that uh, is, is blood yet speaking. What happened to these men? They invested in God. Simple as that. They simply invested in God. All those other men in chapter 5 missed an opportunity to make a difference. A colorful difference. The reason why God said Joseph's coat was of color, he wanted to tell you he stood out. You can't miss him. I don't care how big the crowd was. That, that rainbow colored coating stands out. And people that please God will stand out of the crowd. No matter how great the crowd is, you're going to stand out. Now, obviously, become a target, too, because you're, you're very visible. Amen. But uh, the thing that's hurting mankind in chapter 5, and Nell's work in chapter 6 tell you the outcome of that kind of lifestyle that they lived, not like Enoch, and Enoch used to preach to everybody in chapter 6, tells you very plainly, self-interest always take priority over God's interest. It's always the case. In humanity, that's what God accused Job of and told God, I don't care what you said about Job. Job is like any other man. He will place self-interest above God's interest. And God said, you got that all wrong. Now, you got to realize Job lived way back in this day, days of, before Abraham. And so back then, people were not nice towards God. And so God said, he's no different from the rest. He's just like the crowd. He's a part of the statistics. God said, no, you got it all wrong. He stands out. And I said, when it was all done, he stood above all the men of the East, the wise men of the East. That means we call Middle East today. He, he stood above them. because God says, he stood out. He, he, he chose to live and invest himself in God. You see, Job and Enoch and these men, these are not, gave us, the church today, a foundation to build on. And the foundation is no good. I don't care how nice the building is. It will fall. And the storm is what tests it. You know, I, we can put a building up. I've been to uh, Puerto Rico, and I saw a building leaning this way. And I thought, no wonder they got somebody killed in hurricanes. Because there's no standard. There's no regulation. There's no specification. A guy think you want to build a house, get some bramble, and put a stick house up, it's done. Well, in society that are really, I don't want to say civilized, but caring, you can't do that. Where my mother-in-law lives, they'll fine you, extremely high fine, if you don't cut your grass. They'll serve you notice. You got one paper on the grass, they'll, they'll arrest you for it. That's how strict they are. But it's the most immaculate city I've known in my life. It is 
beautiful. The street, you could eat hot dog off the street. I'm not kidding. I'm not exaggerating. Every time I go there, my, my wife, Ma, I'm just, this is, this is outstanding. The, the grass and everything everywhere. I mean, that's immaculate. You know, just the way it is. They said, well, they, they said, they'll charge you. They'll fine you. And then you go to some other city. My friend, graffiti everywhere. It's just pouring up. It's just like hell. You don't want to be there. You feel sick without looking around. Well, the difference is, is the standard. The standard. And also, they put community interest over self-interest. There's a, there's a pride there that, that makes things the way they are. And so I'm glad she lives there, not in New York. Oh, there's no comparison at all. But the foundation that Enoch left in chapter 5 and Abel left is for us to look at or missed out if we lack insight and foresight and backsight. We've got to look back at those and have insight to our time and foresight before our time. And without holding, withholding things from God, when the, the most happiest person on earth is the most released person to God. Releasing oneself to God. And the person that hold back on God always have lost out. Always lost out. There is a benefit in releasing. It doesn't make sense. Cast your bread upon the water and it shall return. No way. That way is going to take my bread away. But God says, it will make a circuit. It will come back to us. Now, if you're a farmer and, and you have self-interest written high in your heart, there's no way going to sow that seed. That seed cost me too much. You're asking me to bury what I just purchased? You are out of your mind. But i gotta, I got to believe when I throw it in the ground and walk away from it. I'm not going to worry about the worms, what they're going to do with it. <laughs> and, the, and the maggots down there. I'm going to throw it down. I believe that it's not going to happen. And if, I, if I'm worried about investing in that soil... I'm not going to have any crop to look forward to. It's just not going to happen. And the Bible says, if a man wants the weather, he will not sow, and therefore he will never reap. And so, all right, the size of our faith, amen, is reflected in the size of the plate that we have. By now you know where I'm going. The plate. The size of the plate and the size of our faith, how do they match? I also believe nobody should ever live beside, outside their blessing unless they got faith that God's going to with them. Amen. Draw that circle and stay in that circle because you don't think God's going to go beyond that. But circles make ripples that drop in the water ripples and waves that goes out there and keep going out. And there's a message there. It starts with a small little ripple, but it produces other ripples. How big is my faith? How big is your faith? Well, it's the size of the plate. The size of the plate. 
when I think about it, how how the devil wants to deceive us. Well, let's go to the scripture and look. Look at look at how people live for God, and look at the response that God had in First Chronicles twenty nine. I learned this from David. David lived in a possible palace. He, he's king, and David saw something nobody else saw. David saw because when they brought the the the, the, uh, the Ark of the Covenant back, Saul didn't care much for it. <laughs> he didn't miss it. They brought it back and they put a little tent. You know what a tent is? A tent is you sleep and we go out in, in the summertime. And they left a tent and they forgot it. They literally forgot it. And David said, this is not right. This is not right. I can't let this be. This is not right. I'm king, but he's king of kings. That's why David is so popular in Israel. If you go to Israel today, of all the kings in the Bible, there were there were about 31 of them or 39 of them up there, 31 kings. The only one they remember, search your Bible, go and listen to them. Only one they talk about, not even Solomon, David. David, on the lips of every one. And yet there were about 31 kings, great kings. They're not remembered. But everybody talk about David. David was just like Enoch. He wasn't just king. He left a legacy that rings in your ears everywhere you go. Everybody's talking about David. They're still digging up in the ground, digging up David's past. You find a call with David, a picture on his friend. You find more that Israel will fight for than a morsel of meat. And this is what came from the scripture. First Chronicles twenty nine, verse six, verse nine, verse fourteen, and verse seventeen. You need to look at those things. When God repeats some things, he's trying to tell you something. It's established. God establishes what he repeats. When God says, Samuel, Samuel, you know that calling is, 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 is endorsed. When it says, Moses, Moses. When it says, Saul, Saul. If it says it one time, there's not much to it. But if it says it twice or three times, you know it's established. It's endorsed. It says, and they offered willingly. Verse 6. Verse 9. They offered willingly. Verse 14, they offered willingly. But notice how they do it. Now, I wouldn't know they've done this. I don't believe everybody did. But God emphasized the positive. God talked about those that were doing it. Because he wanted me in my generation to be impacted by them. It was written for my learning. You guys get that? That's written for my learning. Huh. Upon whom the end of the world. What God's trying to say, do as they did. Go do likewise. Now, does everybody does that? No. And they will be forgotten. Just like those they lived and they died. 
We don't talk about non-colorful people. We talk about people that make, that empower the life of others, that impact others. We talk about people that, you know, the Americans, they, they, they almost idolize Kennedy. Because he said, we're going to the moon. And they challenged him when they went. And they're still talking about him. He's still their dead hero. And they lift up men like MacArthur and all those guys. Because of what they did, they're colorful. And so it says, look at it one more time. They offered willingly, in verse 6. Not only they offered, but they rejoiced with David with great joy. Verse 14. And David said, well, who am I? And what is my people, God? He's talking to God. That we should be able to offer so willingly after this sort. I mean, they brought their abundance to God. They were going to, David spoke something that didn't exist, and they were going to make it happen. They said, David, if you believe it, we're with it. You speak it, we bring it. David had this kind of people around him. One time he said, man, I just thirst for a drink of water, and three great mighty men heard it. I said, David, you got it. They broke right through and brought it. And they're called David Mighty Men. There are 30 of them with about three or four categories of mightiness. They said, you don't sit in that chair except you pass the test. You know, a lot of folks come to the, this church here, and, you know, they want to they come back here. They want to preach. They want to teach. They want to do all the kind of different things. But they've never sat. They can't sit in that chair because they've got no track record. They've got no record of performance. They've got no record of commitment or, 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 or sacrifice. David said, these mighty men sat in that chair because they attained unto it. And when God said, David, you're a man after my own heart, he attained unto it. He attained unto it. Something about David's life that God said, that's me. He's acting just like me. And God said, boy, He's a, I mean, that's kind of, is it flattery? He's just like me. For God to say that? For me, said about God, it would be a little blasphemy. I wouldn't dare say that. Also, the Antichrist. <laughs> Antichrist said it without earning the seat, right? But God said, he's just like me. There's, and David the king also rejoiced great with joy. David set the pace, and the father kept pace with him. He said that, verse 14, that we should be able to offer so willingly after this sort. Then David says, For all things come of thee. Smart David. And of thine own have <laughs> we give them. He said, David says, I'm giving back what's already yours. He said, It don't make sense. What I just gave you, I don't own it. I'm just releasing it to you. This is yours. This is yours. You know the guy with the bumper crop? He didn't let his seed grow. It was not his doing why he got all this great abundance. It would God be God, who in Genesis chapter 1 said, let it bring forth. And the seed is obeying God. And he was so blessed to be in the right place to get it. And God said, you forgot the one who did this. But David says, hey, all that I'm giving you right now, God, is yours. I'm just giving you back what's yours. I'm not doing anything great here, he says. Verse 17. I know also, my God, 
that thou triest my heart. God said, God said, David, I have tried you with little of nothing to see if I could give an abundance of much. <laughs> I give you just a little bit. You know, I teach in parenting, always give your kids money to buy you a birthday card. You gotta teach them that. It's your money. It's your money. They're not working. But you give your kid your the anniversary, you give your kid money, you buy a gift. So you go buy mother a gift. Go buy daddy a gift. Why? You're teaching them this principle here. When they grow old they will not depart from it. Hello. You gotta realize it was all in your hand to kill me when I was born. It was in your hand to reject me when I was born. You could have walked away, but you stayed with me. You took care of me. When I was a liability, you act like I was lots of pleasure to you. Hello? And David said, look, God, you know, he says, in the uprightness of my heart, have I willingly offered all these things. I'm offering it, God. And now have I seen with joy thy people which are present here to offer willingly. So when David took the leadership, they followed him. They followed him. It's, it's sad. You know, what Jesus Christ approached the leadership is this. I ain't dragging you. <laughs> Forget it. If, you have a, if you're going to follow my leading because you follow me. I ain't going to drag you. I'm not going to put you in a rope. It's not going to happen. Says, I'll never come to your house except you open the door. Says, you will never entertain me because I, I will not impose. The word willingly, that means the will, the will, the word will, my will is that thy will become my will. And I'm going to release to thee I watch this, and it don't make sense to me sometimes. These guys catching fish, <coughs> and all they do catch and release. <laughs> I thought, this is crazy. You come to the church in the morning to catch and release? What kind of fishing is that? I want to take it home and cook the thing, man. But all I wanted to catch was throw them back in. Throw them back in. And that's exactly how I should treat God. Catch and release. David says, you gave it to me, I give it back to you. When they built a tabernacle, what did God do? God told Israel, go borrow from those people. Now, it's one thing to go borrow from Egyptians, but Egyptians don't like them. But the next word was, God gave them favor. God gave you favor to receive what you've received. And so, what you have, you didn't, you didn't earn it. God gave you favor, even when your adversary. And then God said, release it back. To, to them across the Jordan River, they're shouting, Austin, hand on them. It's like a Christmas tree. jangling on, jangling on them. And God said, now, all right, we cut them out of Sinai. Bring me an offering. I'm saying they all brought it. No way. This beautiful gold, this silver, this brass. You know how many years I wanted this? You know how long I waited for this? 400 years. <laughs> As if they lived that long. But how they got it? 
God gave them favor to get it. To get it. Hello? And I noticed those who did not give it to God made a golden calf. A golden calf. And they worshipped it. And the first thing Rehoboam did, Jeroboam did in, in Israel later on, several years later, was do the same thing. Build a golden calf with things that belongs to God. In chapter 17 of Second Chronicles, in verse 16, we see the word, willingly offered himself unto the Lord. In other words, I'm not forced to do this. I'm not being made to do this. Ezra 3 and 5 says, Everyone that willingly offered, free will offered. Boy, that's a double, a double thing here. Willingly offered a free will. Man, that's a double will here. Willingly, freely give. Paul said, freely receive it, freely give that. Some folks never, never remember where they got things from. They forgot where they came from. They forgot where they never had what they claimed what they cling to. They, if they're honest and draw a timeline go back in time, they're going to realize, I did not used to have this. When did you get it? What were the environment? What were the condition? Who did it for you? That's why, you know, my pastor taught me, he said, you pay tithe to the church that you attend. He said, that's where you get your feed. You don't pay it somewhere else. He says, it's like working for, in those days, you got Zellers and Sipsosiers. You work for Zellers, I expect Sipsosiers to pay you. doesn't work. You, you, the where, where you work, that's where they pay. You work for St. Crude, Suncoin ain't going to pay you. Hello. And if, if you live in Canada, you can't pay your taxes in the United States. You don't live there. You live here. Here's where you drive on the highway. Well, I love this taste thing. Move over there. <laughs> and live there. <laughs> Makes sense to me. Right? So I do the right thing. But if I told the Canadian government, well, you know, I, I, I like England, so I'm going to send my tithe to England. They're going to put me in jail. So let England give it the road to drive on, to walk on, and light to listen. Hey, is that right? Same thing, you know. You, you, go to, you go to college, you go to Canada College, but you said, oh, I'm going to pay my, my fee to Harvard. And let Harvard feed you. Let Harvard teach you. Hey, makes sense to me. Right? And so here in Ezra 7, 16, the people offer willing for the house of their God. You can say, my God, but it says their God. They were giving it to him, they were giving it to their God. They gave it to their God, which is in Jerusalem. Now, on the side was uh, outside. I want to help, and they said, "No, no, no, no. We don't need your help. We want to be built by us. We don't want you to steal our credit. We want to do this." And some of the world understand it. They come to the door and say, "Well, well, I want to do something." Yes, you know, we're glad you want to, but you can't. This called for certain requirements to do this. They said, "This is our God." We're doing this for our God. And no, 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 you can't do this. We can't let you do this. And understand it? That's the way it is. 
Look at Nehemiah chapter 11 2. And the people, and all the people were blessed, all the men, that willingly offer themselves. Willingly offer themselves. What's the reason why they can't defeat Jesus in, uh, in Iraq right now? The people in the, <laughs> in the army of, of Isis are volunteers. The people in the Iraqi armies are paid. They run. One believe in the message. And one is in it for the money. <laughs> and the one for the money ain't going to give his life for it. He's going to reemploy it somewhere else. But the one for the message says, you are dealing with my family, my belief system. I'm going to die for it. I don't need to pay for it like David. I'm going to die for it. It's a difference in life. Difference in commitment. Job 39. He said, Will the unicorn be willing to serve thee <laughs> or abide by thy crib? In other words, service going to come all the time easy. But if you've got to force it to serve, then you've got to force it to continue to serve. Because when, when the force is gone, what happened? It bounced back to its normal state. Psalm 110.3 Thy people shall be willing in the day of thy power. God, that's beautiful. Thy people. You can't let an unconverted person dress holy. It is impossible. Now, some guy tried to do it. They will not do it. If they're not saved, they wear a lipstick, they wear rings, they wear all this stuff. They're not going to do anything different. And they will be unwilling because they're not his. He said, my people know my voice. Amen. You don't tell me to love my mother. It's natural. I love my mother. Amen. A disciple of Jesus Christ does not have to be forced. In the Christianity, it's all fellowship. Not dictatorship. We don't dictate to nobody. Hello. But we uh, <laughs> give them diction of notes. The Bible, the Word of God. Alright? So the people shall be willing in the, in the day of thy power. And what Jesus requires of us is not offensive. We love his laws. We have peace in his laws. You know, somebody who don't belong to God, where they dreadlocks, well, they don't belong to him. First of all, the dress alone tells you they don't belong to him. Because there's a difference. In the Bible, when you see a virgin walking down the street, she's dressed different from someone who was not a virgin. When a blind man is blinded, he dressed differently. You know that. And when you see a child of God, they dress differently, they walk differently. And you can't make people do that if they don't belong there. It just don't happen. And you can't make people give to God if it's not in their heart. Well, they, you might do, but they'll, they'll be mad at you. <laughs> you guys have a silent enemy right there. All right? Post 31. Here, here's a marriage situation here. She seeketh wool and flax and working willingly with her hands. Good wives work ceaselessly without pain. That's unnatural. Nobody works without pain. But a virtuous woman in this setting here 
They're talking about a willingness, the willingness. You know, to live for God says, if you be willing and obedient, he shall eat the good of the land. The first thing I listen to when, when religious authority speaks, if they don't say it, the Bible says, I said, well, who's talking? Who is talking? <laughs> what is your basis for what you're doing? Is that right? All right? Let me show you something about life here. It's very important. We go through a life cycle. We're going through a life cycle. And uh, in this life cycle, Psalms 49, just go through it with me. Get in your Bible. Remember now, the fifth chapter of Genesis says, And Enoch walked with God. Now look where God put him. Right in the middle. <laughs> and everything around him. You can't watch other people. You know, I give to God and it offends other people as if they were giving. I never told them I felt pain <laughs> in giving what I gave. I didn't tell them I felt bad about doing it. Don't give it. No, you shouldn't give that. Well, what is it to you? What is it to you? Back off. <laughs> to you, it's a waste. To me, the girl says it's worship. And the guy who said it's a waste was a thief, anyhow. <laughs> because you won't do it, don't mean I shouldn't be willing to do it. I'll be honest with you, nothing in Christianity that I got saved have I found offensive and living for God or in one of Pentecostal. I have not found anything from the day I got saved to now that ever heard preach, taught, or believe that offended me. Never! I'm always conforming. <laughs> I'm always reforming. I'm always making changes. And I don't have no problem with God or His teaching or His preachers or His preaching. So it didn't bother me. So Christianity, I have less problem than most people have because the more the first struggle is the more we hook Him. <laughs> <laughs> is that right? The most damaged caught fish is the one that fight the most. Is that right? We keep yanking him, yanking him, tearing his jaw apart. <laughs> he just won't come. Is that right? Now, folks say, well, well, I, 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 well, I can't accept that. Well, sure, you don't have to accept that. That's why I told you, jihad and, and that faith, what they do is not good for me because I can't beat my wife in submission and live right. That's her choice. I can't beat my kids up to live for God that I want to. That's their choice. Even if I did, God wouldn't do it anyhow. I mean, cut their heads off, but God won't receive them anyhow. Because that's a shotgun wedding. God wants what says, I do. Not, not, not I do not. <laughs> Amen. Psalms 49. I'm going to point it out to you. Hear this, all ye people. Give ear, all ye inhabitants of the world. You know, he's talking to both low and high, rich and poor together. You know, he's talking to them. Verse 3. He's going to advise us. My mouth, God's talking, shall speak of wisdom. And the meditation of my heart shall be of understanding. 
I'll incline my ear to a parable. I'll open my dark saying upon the harp in worship. Verse 5. Wherefore should I fear in the days of evil when the iniquity of my heels shall come past me about and those who are rebelling around me? Why shall it bother me? Verse 6. Now, let's get to the thing now. Wrong investment now, folks. Look at it. They that trust in their wealth and boast themselves in the multitude of their riches, none of them can by any means redeem his brother. Purgatory is a lie. It doesn't exist. Nor give to God a ransom for him. You can't buy your family out of hell. You can't baptize for a dead person. It just doesn't work. What God's trying to tell you here, you don't have the power to save your relative with your cash book. <laughs> and with the money you have and you want. You can't do a thing for them with what you have. Because first of all, everything belongs to him. So you can't improve on God with your gift. It's not like me, you do a business with me and make a profit. God's not profited by your gift. I get better at God. For the redemption of their soul is precious in his eyes. Soul that will what? Seize forever to live on earth. God says to redeem your family, it's a gift for me to do. I want to give them life. Because they won't live forever on this earth. That he may live forever and not see corruption. In other words, you can't avoid their death. But you can sure influence their death. For he seeth that wise men die, likewise the fool, and the brutish men perish, and leave their wealth to others. Wow. We do it all the time. Call estate planning. All this money you scooped up, all the ties will rob God, you give to your kids. All the motorcycles we bought and all the caravans we have, all the stuff we got, you can't take it with you. Got to give it away. Or some of us going to wear your suit. Put your shoes on. I wish the world could hear this. But they don't read it. But they all fall victim for it. They think when they're gone, it's going to be go the way they want it to go. Not necessarily true. Verse 10. They leave their wealth to others. Not to God but to others. Now, before they die, their inward thought, verse 11, is that their houses shall continue forever. In other words, they're going to they're be a memorial on earth after they're gone. How many have done that? And so that they, they, they're forgotten. Next week they're forgotten. And they're dwelling places to all generations. They think they'll be forever be memorialized. Only one guy was memorialized in the Bible. Cornelius and knows where it was in heaven and knows how it happened he was a giver God singled him out he had a memorial that was meaningful everlasting and impact heaven they call their land after their own names folks does that happen all the time even make Mary houses with their names on there 
And some there, Ruler said, no soliciting in my whatever. Now where they cut themselves off from a track of eternal life. Thinking they're smart, they, they ruin themselves a chance. Verse 12. Nevertheless, men being in honor, with all these titles and degrees and so on, and, and all these accolades from politicians, abideth not, he will not continue. He's got the beast of Paris, in other words, forgotten. All the honor won't go down with all the degrees on the wall can't go with them. All the, 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 you know, all the PhD and the DVD and whatever they got on the wall. And the MRS and the MR. It won't go with them. All their ring on their finger and their gold ring on their bachelor stamps and all that. You're not going to carry any of it with you. You don't even know. He says, But this, their way and their folly, yet their posterity, pos, posterity lavishly brag on it, like the Queen of England. She's having all timers now, right? Having problems. Her mom died. Multi-millionaire. Probably billionaire. Didn't take a dime. And I promise you, she don't have a button on palace where she's at. And the preacher, she had lied to her. Like so many do. The word seal, I mean, look and think about what you just said. Like sheep, meaning these people who left God out, like sheep, they're laid in their grave. Death shall feed on them, and the upright shall have dominion over them. In the morning, I mean, the saved people are going to walk on their ashes. These are the people that prosper like a green bay tree, flourished. And you envy them, and I envy them. I wish we had the holiday they have, the cars they drive, the friends they have. God said, you miss it all. He said, I'm telling you the truth about them. He said, their beauty shall consume in the grave all the skin stretching and all the muscara on the painting, all that. It's gone. <laughs> read right here. But nobody read this. And the preacher won't preach this. You're going to offend all the people on the pews. But God will redeem my soul from the power of the grave. He shall receive me. What's David saying here? I'm like Lazarus. I have no beauty to desire it. No riches to worry about. And the rich man beside me, he's subject to living. And wrong investment, missed opportunity of being saved. And wrong investment with what he has. The man with the bumper crop, wrong investment, wrong recognition, left God out and planning to get a bigger, bigger, you know, farm, whatever you're going to do. And God said, no, you're wrong. He said, you, you missed the mark. You missed the point here. Verse 16. Paul, writer saying, Don't be afraid when one is made rich. In other words, don't be envious of him. When the glory of his house is increased. God says, That don't mean you have had it made, honey. Your life does not consist of the abundance of things that you possess or in your garage or in your wall robe or in your china. Or what you got in the bank book, or in your checkbook, or your business card. That's not where it's at. Hey, folks, I don't know what you think, but I, I'm paying attention to this. Because the Creator is talking. The one whose idea to put men on earth is talking. And telling how we can miss the opportunity. You know, people people skip church to go to work and deliberately forsake us of God. You know, they're foolish. And they think God don't see. And God's going to say to them one day, Remember, in your life, 
time. <laughs> God said, you didn't live one time. Do you know that? Man, you had all the chance you wanted. All right? So don't be afraid of the riches. Verse 17. For when he dieth, refresh the folk, you can carry nothing away. My Lord. His glory shall not descend after him. I saw some mission the other day in wheelchairs. They went to countries and gave their lives to God, and they have not a dime. In fact, every one of you here got more money than they have. In fact, some people get very mad and angry at the dear thought of asking for money to give to them. And they don't have anything behind to leave to worry about. But have everything up front to gain. Live for self, live in vain, live for Christ, live to gain. Oh, people look at us and make me think we're stupid. I thought, okay, guys, carry on. The life today is on you, or on me, but tomorrow will be on you. Because I know in whom I believe. So the glory shall not descend after them. Verse 18. For though while he lived, he blessed his soul, and men will praise thee. When thou doest well, well, Hollywood is full of that. Go to the store and look on the side, the side wall of this of the cashier. Books of pageantry of people that are glamorous. It's all young people because they want to the old shriveled up ones. They hide those from the cameras. They always do. You don't see them. Once they got too old and wrinkled, can't get rid of the wrinkles. Off, the cameras off them. <laughs> Hello. As it's going through the, the mill of the cycle of a ruined life. Though he lived and blessed and, and looked so rich and young people got airplane, they own it. You can't, you can't find money to buy a shoe to wear. But he shall go to the generation of his fathers and shall never see life. Do you put it this way? What am I profiting if I gain the whole world system? I lost my soul. Why do people waste their life living in sin? Why do they do that? Why do they find so hard to be obedient to the Word of God and the things of God and prefer to live in sin? One lady we tried to win in Edmonton. She's Italian. And she was doing pretty good because she found her grandma, her mother or whatever, her grandma didn't obey the gospel. She backed right off. I said, look, if she go to hell, I'm going to hell. Well, she's dead. That's where she's gone. That's where she's Now, why on earth would God disappoint her? She would not be happy in heaven. No one goes to heaven that don't belong there. And nobody goes to hell that didn't deserve going there. God says, you choose you where you want to go. I gave you two doors, and you chose the door. The life you live, that's the pain you get. And while we were living for God, you weren't. While you're in drug and alcohol, we get living for God. So you can't compare yourself to us and say, well, you got all the blessings, you don't, and we don't, and I don't. Well, hey, you chose that life, and we chose this life. You know, people, I hear people say, well, you guys in church don't know what I have to go through. You don't know what, da, 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 da. you're wrong. It's all choice. It's choice. <laughs> Nobody making us do it. Nobody making you do it. Wrong living, wrong investment. Huh? 
people are more willing to do wrong things than right things. Nobody counted a loss to spend $10,000 on drugs and alcohol, but to give $5 towards a church program is ripping you off. What about the dope guy that pushed push the dope on you? And you stole five grand to buy, to buy it. What about that? What about the kids' milk you didn't get you didn't, you didn't take care of? Huh? <laughs> the light you didn't pay, the lights turned off. You're freezing to death. They always want us to feel bad. And Bob says, no, don't do it. All right, so Psalms 4 and said, look, man in honor is in honor. Understand not. It's like a beast that perishes. Now, I've never heard anybody say to United Way, You beg too much! In fact, I guarantee you all to hear it. I give an abortion for your paycheck. Never protest one time. Hello? Oh, they call on the phone and they beg you and they beg you. Not just one time. Fifteen hundred times the phone rang. And you give it. Check number, check number, check number. And the church asks one time. And you go tell everybody that church, all them was a money grabbing church. Always wanting money. All everything the preacher. No time to preach. Money, 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 money. That's what they say. Oh, one tithe, one tithe, one tithe, one tithe, one offering, one offering. Yet your union guy don't even ask if you should give it. They take it. The taxman don't ask if he should. He just take it. Oh, I want to know how my tithe is being spent. I want to know how my offering is being spent. I want to know it's going to the right place. Did you say that to your government? Did you say that to your government? Do you agree with abortion and gays and these immoral lifestyle, you agree with that? In the morning after sickness, pills being given to kids who are delinquent to parents? You're part of that war? They're fighting? Then why do you fight us? <laughs> there are five certificates in life. And you'll pass through all five of them. The first one is your birth certificate. You were born. You came in this world. But mark it down. You will have an exit. Lord Terror. You will have one. Everybody will have one. And like the rest of us, you will quest and seek to get a, a graduate certificate of some sort. You will. If life allows you to live longer, they will come when you will seek a marriage certificate. Life allows you, you start thinking about a guaranteed investment certificate. And without fail, it says guaranteed, you're going to die and need a death certificate. Think about it. So Pastor Neil, so dumb and stupid, read Psalms 49, came to the conclusion. There are ten things I need to learn before I leave this world. Only what I do for Christ will last. Everything I did for myself was for my flesh and carnal me. 
I sow to my flesh that reap corruption. I sow to the Spirit I reap eternal life. I chose to believe that. I'm not looking to the 72 virgins in heaven. I'm looking to the one King of Kings in heaven. Number one, the world. We're in this world. But I read in 1 John 2, 17, 15, 17, that the world will pass away. Wrong investment. Wrong investment. Number two, another bad investment we, we make in life. And only here people talk about it. 1 Corinthians 7, 31. The fashion of this world pass away. One time, pants were worn with cuffs. Next time, no cuffs. There is one time split, one time no split. One time above your knee, next time down to your ankle. You can't keep up. The fashion passed away. Number three, silver. Silver, I mean silver. I'm going to stockpile silver. Well, that's what I'm saying about silver. James 5 3 says it's canker. The last date, it will conquer. Canker, not conquer, but canker. It hasn't happened yet, but it will. 1 Peter 1 18 says it's, it's going to be canker, corrupted. Zechariah 1 18 says it's unable to save us. So, we can't invest in that. What about gold? Gold! Oh, we want to have gold! Gold! Gold's good, man, come on. Everybody in life wants gold. We all want gold. But what's the Bible about gold? In Revelation 9.20 it says, It's vain worship. Gold. It's vain. First Peter 1.18 says, The gold is cankered. Oh, cankered. One scripture says in the Old Testament, They're going to cast your silver and gold in the streets. Cast them in the streets. No. Gold and silver, yeah, because of its contamination. What about riches? Well, I want to be rich too. I want to be rich. I can buy all the hot dogs I want, all the chip on I want, to, da, 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 all the car I want to. Sounds good. But I learned also, first time the six seventeens did, riches is uncertain. <laughs> it's uncertain. In chapter eighteen, verse seventeen, Revelation it says, "In one hour, it's gone." He said, Pastor, don't teach this. Well, if I don't teach this, Harvard's going to destroy your mind. The secular system will lie to you. They're always lying to us. They're comforting us, lullabying us to bed, giving us these vain promises that won't work. The one who made us is telling us how to live. And that's where where true life is. You're, you're just a tenant on earth. You're passing through. But you have to give an account for how you spend that life. What you gave your strength to. You know, tell, tell young men, don't give your, your strength to prostitutes. Don't do that. Tell them not to do that. Yes, no guy does that. Right? But we're told that riches pass away. James 1.18. Now, what about our life? Life is something we love. I want to live. I want to breathe. I can't breathe. I thank God I can breathe. Life, life is wonderful. But James fourteen, James four fourteen says it's a vapor. What is my life? It's a what? Vapor. 
Today I'm healthy, tomorrow I'm weak. Today I'm standing, tomorrow I can't stand. The spinal cord gone, my knees are wobbling. My iodine got mixed up and I got become a lunatic. That quick. You can't correct it. It's not funny, it's serious. <laughs> when I have pain, I respect health more often than normal. I take for granted my health until something goes wrong. Then I realize, uh oh, tummy ache, headache, eye ache, earache, toothache. What about money? We all want money. Someone says money answered all things. Does it really? Huh. Acts 8 20 says, I have money perish with thee. He said, Pastor, if you don't have money, you can't get by. It's true. It's true. But balanced living. Why are you investing in? Chapter 5 of Genesis says, And Enoch walked with God. What am I doing that's going to be a legacy that will live, outlive me? What am I touching that will going to outlive me? That's important. Nobody in the city is going to talk about that. You know, guys in the city make six-figure money, but they're not happy. They lost it all. And they repeat the cycle until they die. They can't even bury themselves when they're dead. Got no money. Bear himself. Genesis 47, 15 and 16. And money failed. Money won? See, it won't fail. If you know prophecy, money will fail. That's why the mark comes in. When money failed, the mark 66 kicks in. It's destined to fail. We're going to China and we're getting all these currencies. You get one billion worth. For ten dollars, my wife says I'm a billionaire. <laughs> the my mom said, "Really? How come?" She says, "I spent ten dollars and got ten oh, what nine billion from somewhere else." <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> you burn it, friend. They weren't burning. Cost them more to burn it than it's worth. The money. What about pleasure? I love pleasure. Don't you love pleasure? I love pleasure. I feel sorry for kids who leave church like this and down the road curse it. Huh. Stout words. I don't care how they curse. They'll never be as stout as the Antichrist. His word was stout against God. God says, I heard what they said. What profit is it that we serve God? Why should we walk more fully? Why should we pay tithes? Why should we give our money? I got guys told me that. One guy told me that along here. Walking down the street, says, "I got no time for church. I don't need that." Walking proudly towards his job, when they fire him, you'll need it. <laughs> All doors are closed on him. You'll need it. They tell me the foxhole. There's no atheist in the foxhole. When bullets are whistling past their head, <laughs> I get spiritual. <laughs> I start praying. Some count beads. Some count seeds. Huh? <laughs> some sit under the eye B. Bingo. <laughs> Six, five, four, bingo! They're dead. Pleasure. Hebrews 11 25 says for a season. And then you got the ninth one treasures. We want treasures. Not church, none of those things are bad. But when they handicap me from being willing to live for God, I have a problem.
I have a problem. When you begin to think that church is a hindrance to your family, then you're going to lose your family. I'll give you a time. Within three years, you're going to lose your family. When you think that your family is losing from the church, you're going to backslide. You're going to lose out and lose your wife, your husband, your kid, everybody else. It happens all the time. Well, we can't have family time. We can't live. What? Who designed the family? You or God? Whose idea to have wife and husband? You or God? Huh? Children belongs to God, not you. You're trying to tell me going to church is a hindrance? You're dead wrong. The world is trying to steal ownership from God. But the whole duty of man, the adult duty of man, is to serve God. God didn't bring in the world to be an educator. You were created for His glory, for His honor, and for His pleasure. God should get pleasure in my life. Well, you know, my kids go to school, they're going to go to church, they can't go to school tomorrow because they're losing education. Nonsense! Garbage! Foolish! Well, because they go to church, they drop the grades. No! That's not biblical. Daniel said they were ten times smarter. The kids are failing, they've got a problem mentally, not spiritually. They've <laughs> got a mental problem, not a spiritual problem. It's the truth. How can go to the church make me slump tomorrow? Hello. How? And most kids stay home anyway. Stay up all night under the sheet playing What's the difference? Under the sheet they're playing that game. Huh? Went to bed five o'clock in the night, in the morning, playing games. Huh? So what's the difference? I'd rather raise the kids on the chair of a church than a bar stool. Glory to God. Amen. And the tenth one is the whole duty of man is to keep God's commandment. Can I say amen? Now, I want to talk to you. Somebody bring my board for me, please. My board in there. Come to a close. I'm going somewhere, folks. I ain't going to take you somewhere you don't want to go. I said, I'm going to take you somewhere where you don't want to go. But I'll go there without you. I said, I'll go there without you. But I'm going to take you somewhere you don't even want to go. Hallelujah. My wife, follow me. You go places. I hope she feels she's gone places. All her friends haven't gone where she's gone. Praise God. Amen. You can't beat the will of God. You don't live for God. Thank you, sir. You, you, you don't live for God and go down. Everybody went down, went down from, from Jerusalem to Jericho. They went down to Ahai. They went down to Sodom. They went down to Egypt. You don't go down in front of you. go down for the devil. It's always going up, 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 up and away and prosper to God. Nobody loses for God. It is a lie. You don't take holiday away from God. 
Lord have mercy. You are not supposed to do it. It's a sin. You know why God put those staves in those furnitures? That means you carry it with you. You carry your faith with you. You don't go carry out with the devil on Sunday we should be in church. Well, well, there's no church there. Well, you better have one in your room. Oh, no, no, no. Friend, that's what me and my house, we're going to serve God. One thing is sure, we're going to die. We don't know when, different times. We're going to die. And you're going to look back and wish you had given your life to God. And everything else you've got on the, on the walls, in your bank book, in your car, in your garage, everything else, it won't do one bit of good. Because it's all going to burn up. Burn up. Every book we have, every pen we own, every suit we wear, going to burn up. Why do you think Jesus Christ came and didn't have any of those things? Because it says, I'm from above, and above don't need that trash. <laughs> so everything he had was borrowed from somebody. But we know he owned it all. Amen? Amen. I still think the most blessed people on earth are missionaries. I'm assuming they live for God where they should. You know why? They can't show you a house. They can't show you a car. Hello? They can't show a bunch of stuff. But in heaven, friend, like Cornelius, they got a memorial that many of us won't have. God going to say, I never knew you. I heard God said, man, you got a memorial here. God said, those are the one over here. I don't know you. Where you come from? You think, we're wasting time tonight? Diggers, go-go girl shows are going on right now. Taverns, bars, dope addict, crime, wicked, heinous sins are taking place now. And they're not planning on stopping. And costing many dollars, mega dollars. You'd be surprised how much is being spent tonight on sin. That men work so hard for. And nobody can play. In fact, they spend money they don't even have on drugs. Praise God. Amen. Let's worship Jesus. My seed in the past will be his experience of the future. No experience I had living for God is wasted. Not my trials. My tribulation was not wasted. My temptation was not wasted. They all have a return on my investment. No experience you've been through living for God is a wasted experience. Paul says it will be outweighed by the recompense system. Well, Pastor Neal, there's a pie in the sky. Yeah, I like my pie in the sky. Coming down frozen. <laughs> Delivered. Amen. If God can deliver a seed of animals to, to Peter, he can deliver my pie okay also on time. Let's praise the Lord. <coughs> I don't want us to die in this church ever saying one day, Lord, I should have. I could have 
have fruit like the fig tree. I want it to be said of us that, Lord, I didn't use my talents like I should have. Let me share some things here. This was not my message for tonight, but I feel I have to do it. Invested opportunity life cycle. This other thing here. I wonder when I die and the queen dies, and the pope dies, which of all us gonna have a deeper grave? <laughs> Will the grave be based on my credentials? How deep it goes? I think the average depth is six foot. I mean, don't stand six foot. They're my boy now six foot. How deep will they bury you? Can we tell by the depth? Because you're rich, I'll bury you 15 feet down. And because you're poor, oh, two feet above ground, below ground. Is that how it is? doesn't matter. In the grave, you can't tell who's who. You can't tell who's who. You can't tell which, who had the bigger house. It's a job. You can't tell that. Who's more smarter? You can't tell that. But he can. Your certificate in life. Where are you on this life? I'm sure we're not here yet. We're not here yet. Your birth certificate, you have one. Hopefully somewhere down the road you have, a, you have a graduate certificate. And in time, you may have end up with a marriage certificate. And for sure you're going to have an investment certificate. Usually. I don't care how much it is. It may be $5. I watched this guy in the state here. He went and gave like a, a, a plastic card and bought a whole bunch of stuff. He knows he has no money in that thing. He knows it. And he keeps saying, try again, try again. It says, no such fund found. No money. No money. Try again. He said, look, the reason why there is not because I had over $100. I used to swipe it three times. You charged my card three times. I thought, what kind of math is this? They had to reverse everything they put in that guy's basket. Because he was a crook. A lot of folks were trying to cash in on God. and found they got nothing in heaven. Even though, it's a Prince Charles. Don't try and be in the shoe. I'm not here to, 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 to demonize him. Just don't try to, don't try to be him. Or Rockefeller. Don't try to be those guys. The chance of them sa being saved is less than a camel going through the eye of a needle. Does that mean you don't want to be rich? If you happen to be rich, fine. But possibly be careful. Minnesota's come with it. <laughs> you have to worry about keeping it after that. Inflation. And the more you get, the more mouth eats them. Now these scriptures, look at it. See this sister? It has the, the, the shape of a church. The church, the five-point church. That's you. How many of you, don't put your hand up, have given to your hands away for the last five, ten years? Think about it. How much, how much have you given them? And what have they done for you? 
how many of you have given to the so-called association that calls you? And how do you know they're even real? And how many give to union? And how many give back to you? And how many give to your family and wish you had not given it? Because it wasted your substance. In riotous living, and the prodigal said, what you work so hard for. And when you pass on off this earth, who are you going to leave all this thing for? Who? And will they respect it like you did? Will they work as hard as you have? What if this church need a hundred thousand dollars? And I tell you this, and you tell the world outside. You know, you know what they'll say? This is a money-grabbing church. Maybe on YouTube also. Right? Hello. But a rock music can come on, or a hockey game can come on, and they pay a thousand dollars for the front seat. Not counting the airfare to go down there, and the hotels. Hello. Not counting the drink they paid for, and the snow sometimes they stay in, and the coat they paid. Nobody complained. It happened to make Murtu and Casman. <coughs> How do you think Casman can build those beautiful buildings? Sports and the nice center we have down by the river there, how do you gonna pay for it? You think God came not give them the money? No. The same people who will criticize this church asking you for money. The same people in this city will tell you don't volunteer your time to this church. But they'll volunteer the Legion. Big boys, big girls, big brothers. Huh? Politician? Don't post him to the MLA and then we call him thousand dollars to get their man in. But they will not let you put a chimney in this roof. Some can't even buy the car they have. Or buy the buy those guys perks. They didn't go somebody even steal some credit just to do it. To buy drugs. One one shot tonight can cost you ten ten grand. Think about it. And they can't afford it. They can line of credit to pay for it. Don't look at me like that. There's a lad on the radio this this week. He said he worked every year six figures in our city. He was being he's only twenty seven years old. He said, what do you expect a 27-year-old guy to do? We work six figures out every year. He's homeless. He's, a, he's an addict to drugs. And he got nothing left. And the government used your tax money to shelter him. And nobody said anything about it. Do you agree with abortion? Do you have a question on that? And if I ask you to help me do this, it will be a problem tonight. And tomorrow a phone call come from Ottawa, Toronto, or somewhere down 
Help the father of the blind. You'll give it. Even a credit card. Even I'm a check. But to give it to God? No. Because the devil always tells God's people it's a waste to give it. People volunteer. Fly down to Africa to fight disease. What do you call it? Huh? what? Ebola? <laughs> but no one's going to fight the devil. You got him. They fly, they pay for them to go down there and fight. But will they come in and volunteer to help me build a church to fight against sin? No. Only God's people are going to do it if they do it. How many would think it's hard to give 20 grand, 10 grand, 15 grand to a cause that the church might have a need of? And this is the only time in your life when you ever gave anything that would count for your future. All the rest you gave, all you gave to your kids, all you gave was a slap on the back, and that's it. And forgotten by humanity. Quickly forgotten by your friends. Quickly forgotten by the theater down in Keanu College. Huh? By the scout. Big brother, big sister. Oh, we've forgotten very quickly. Don't look at that. That's true. They won't remember it. God, God won't recall it. God says, It shall not descend with them. But Cornelius died. And we're still talking about what he built in heaven. Abel gave his blood. And we're still talking about it. David gave off his material and goods before I close why is it that the JW I watched it happen in one week or two weekends build the church up on Thickwood I'm on the Gregoire Hill they brought in trailers they came from across all ten provinces electricians did the same thing in Athabasca. And yet if I call on the men and women of our churches, pastor, you know, we got a family life to live in. We're going to live with our family. we got we got to buy our kids milk and all that stuff. And every trait they needed was present. Not just here, but it's rampant in the state. Rampant in I watched them do Athabasca. The Adventists do the same thing. Just build an attachment to their building a while ago. I watched them come. And build on, on, on a Sunday they do it. They wouldn't do it on Sabbath. No way. Friday, Saturday, no way. They said, no. They wouldn't, you would, Suncor Sinker can't even get those guys to work on a Saturday. They will never do it. We would. But they won't. Well, does this church need this? And does this church need this? Sure she does. For the vision God gave. Well, look at the long, big road it's going to take to do this. Hallelujah. How many people in church would go to a bank and borrow and give to the church? 
and yet people do it for sin. Most people in sin are making payments on things they can't show what they're paying for. <laughs> and they have no glory to follow. And yet the bank would not lend a church, but would lend a person. And they brag on me and say, look, say, look we don't pay... Muslims are the same thing too. If a Muslim wants something in this city, by the weekend they got it. They call them, call the men, not the women, call the men, and they're all going to get it together. Why can't we do that? Willing, willing. They got how many men for suicide right now in, in, in the Middle East ready for a jihad, volunteered. They said there's an astronomical amount of volunteers taking place right now by the UN said this week this week volunteers to go fight in for the for the for the ISIS group. It's part of the atrocities. Now church, I'm not putting a spot. I would not go to the heathen and make them a dime. But I believe I believe the crews of all can do it. Because God's people did it. I believe the barrel can do it. I believe the loaves and fish can do it. The widowmite and so on. I believe they can do it. And I believe the tablet was built that way in the temple and the wall. But if it doesn't get built, what about it? I'm going to tell you right, right now. Turn the tape off. Turn your iPhone off. 